Press means to apply force. When God said press, prayer reaches every single situation. He gave us permission to apply force to every situation that we will go through. And in this podcast, we are going to learn to apply force to what's applying pressure to us. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Press Podcast, where we believe that prayer reaches every single situation. I am so glad you are here today with us as we continue our prayer journey We are getting to know God. We are getting to study the scriptures and look at the God of the Bible, how he responded to the people talking to him, because we believe that the pattern he used then, he is the same God today. And so through studying the scripture, we get to see what gets God's attention, what makes him respond, what makes him react. So we're going to start in Genesis chapter 18 today. And we're looking at a very interesting prayer because it is the prayer of Abraham for Sodom and Gomorrah. And Sodom and Gomorrah is not where he lived. It's where his nephew Lot lived. Lot had came out of the land of Ur with Abraham. When Abraham was commanded of God to leave his father's country, Abraham actually took his nephew Lot with him. And so Lot totally followed Abraham wherever he went for a number of years until they decided to separate because they were too big. Their properties, their herdsmen, It was too much to try to share. So they separated so that both could grow. But they didn't separate on bad terms or on negative terms. Abraham loved his nephew. He loved him to the extent that in Genesis chapter 14, verse 12, when the king of Sodom and Gomorrah, they were in a war with some other kings and Lot was taken captive. Abraham actually fought for Sodom and Gomorrah. And he did it because he wanted to help rescue his nephew. Chapter 14 does not give the impression that he really liked the kings there too much because he would not accept their offering or their money. For him, this was about family. This was about right. But he really didn't want to be involved with Sodom and Gomorrah. So when we get to Genesis 18, and it's now time that the Lord has decided that he has heard the cry of Sodom and Gomorrah and it's great. And he said, it's because their sin is very grievous. Sin does make you cry. He said, I will go down now and see whether they have done altogether according to the cry of it, which is coming to me. And if not, I will know. The Lord is telling Abraham, I'm going to go inspect what's happening in Sodom and Gomorrah. Now, you have to love that the Lord even took the time to mention it to Abraham. God does not have to tell us what he's going to do. But I believe that the Lord knew that. Abraham loved his nephew and his nephew was there. He said, I will go down now and see whether they've done all together according to the cry of it. In verse 21, 22, and the men turned their faces from thence and went toward Sodom. But Abraham stood yet before the Lord. Here's Abraham's prayer. And Abraham drew near and said, "Wilt thou also destroy the righteous with the wicked? Peradventure there be 50 righteous within the city. Wilt thou also destroy and not spare the place for the 50 righteous that are therein? That be far from thee to do after this manner, to slay the righteous with the wicked, and that the righteous should be as the wicked. That be far from thee. Shall not the judge of all the earth do right? And the Lord said, If I find in Sodom 50 righteous within the city, then I will spare all the place for their sakes. And Abraham answered and said, Behold, now I have taken up on me to speak unto the Lord, which am but dust and ashes. Peradventure, there shall lack five of the fifty righteous. Wilt thou destroy all the city for lack of five? And he said, If I find there forty and five, I will not destroy it. And he spake unto him yet again and said, Peradventure, 
there shall be 40 found there. And he said, I will not do it for 40's sake. And he said unto him, Oh, let not the Lord be angry, and I will speak. Peradventure, there shall 30 be found there. And he said, I will not do it if I find 30 there. And he said, Behold, now I have taken upon me to speak unto the Lord. Peradventure, there shall be 20 found there. And he said, I will not destroy it for 20's sake. And he said, Oh, let not the Lord be angry, and I will speak yet but this once. Peradventure, ten shall be found there. And he said, I will not destroy it for ten's sake. And the Lord went his way as soon as he had left commuting with Abraham. And Abraham returned unto his place. Now, what I found interesting about this prayer was a few things. One, you see Abraham negotiating with God in a way. I use the word negotiating loosely because really he has nothing to bargain with. If God says no, it's just no. We don't have anything to offer him. We don't have anything we can give him that he doesn't already deserve, can't do for himself. We operate in terms of God from a place of constant debt. He's constantly giving us more than we could give him. He's giving us breath in our bodies. He's giving us our health when we have it. He's given us provisions when we've had them. So we don't stand in a place where we could easily negotiate with God in terms of if you do this, then I'll do that. However, what we do see Abraham using to talk to God is the very nature of who God is. He is appealing to the nature of God. It is in your nature, God, to be merciful. It is in your nature to be righteous. It is in your nature to be just. So he's saying, God, you know, would it be fair if you find 45 instead of 50? Will you have mercy? I know you're fair. And I just believe that if there was 45, you wouldn't get mad that five were lacking when I asked you for 50. And so he keeps communing with God until God ends the conversation. Literally, that kind of made me laugh. He just walked away. If you're a parent out there or if you work with children, you understand what it's like to be worn down in a conversation sometimes. You know, they have a way of asking you, Mama, can I have $10? And, you know, okay, fine, 10. Well, I really need the tax. Okay, fine. So 1070 here in Indiana. Okay. Well, but I really, 10 will get me this, but I was hoping that I could have that too. It's just two more dollars. Okay, fine. 1270. Well, but if I get this and that, it doesn't make sense without, okay, $15. That's what I'm going to do. And, and you know, if you don't walk away from this conversation or make it stop, you're going to be out of a lot of money. So it's kind of a parent move that God does in verse 33 when he just walks away from the conversation. We know that God is everywhere. But for him to be like, I'm done. I'm done talking about this. I'm giving you what I'm going to give you. It actually kind of cracked me up. But you see the personality of God and you see that he's such a good father that he really does care what his children have to say. He doesn't have to care. He chooses to care. And to me, the choice to care in some ways is more precious because you are opting into me. It's not your obligation. It's what you choose. And so God is choosing to care, but he's also choosing to end this conversation. What's important here, though, are a couple of things relative to prayer. Because we have nothing to bargain with, it is important that we get to know our God and understand the nature of who he is. He is long-suffering. 
He is merciful, slow to anger. He wants to bless his people. He came to save his people. When you start praying within the guidelines of who he is, you tend to get further with God because it's in his nature. He is his own counselor. He is his own measuring stick and he is his own bargaining stick. We have nothing but who he said he will be. And so asking him, God, I need you to be this. I need you to be that. But I know who you are. I know this is the scriptures. I know that you've done it before. That gets the attention of God. The other thing that I noted here was that we have the ability to be right before God, not just for ourselves, but in a place where we can advocate for those we love and God will consider what he's doing to our loved ones because of us. Now that's huge because you may have a cousin, a friend, a mother, a daughter, a sister, a brother, somebody out there that you're trying to pray for. And it's such a blessing that God even came to Abraham to talk about Sodom and Gomorrah because actually he didn't live there and God didn't owe him that. But God knew he loved Lot. And because Abraham loved Lot, God came to Abraham to talk about it. And I know I want to be in a place with God where before he touches my children, before he sends judgment, before he decides to destroy my city, before he lets disaster strike my family, God, remember my heart. Remember how it's going to impact me. I want to walk with God so that he'll care about me when he's touching the things that touch me. And he does still do that to this day where God will hear you on behalf of your family. He'll hear you on behalf of your children, your community. When we cry out before God about the things that are touching us, he really does care. That is such an amazing thing that this loving God will take the time to care about what's going to impact my heart. So it is our privilege, it is our honor to tell him what we want him to do. Now, we can't make him do it. And when you're honest, sometimes there are real consequences to actions that your children have to endure, that your city has to endure, that your loved ones, your friends have to endure, and you have to watch. But what you can do is advocate that there might be boundaries to his anger and his judgment. But that is why it's so important to be right with God, that you might see him have mercy on those who don't follow him like you do yet. It's not lost on me here that Lot could not pray for his own city. Lot had been with Abraham a long time, long enough to establish himself, establish his family, establish his business, his home, his herdsmen, all of that, he had been right there with Abraham. He followed him out of the land he knew and followed him to a place that the Lord said he'll show him. In some ways, Lot had followed this God as well, but he had did it via Abraham. He had walked out of what had been into an uncertain future solely on the word of what God gave to Abraham. And yet Lot seems to have not learned the God of Abraham. Lot, you can tell he had done some things all right, because when you look in Genesis 19 and the angels do come to destroy Sodom and Gomorrah, Lot is in the midst of the city 
and he wants to rescue the angels so the men of the city do not violate them. But he's still in the city. He's not doing exactly what they do, but he's still there. You can see his contamination in chapter 19 when he offers his daughters to the men of the city in place of these angels that had just came to visit. And he's telling them, don't hurt these men. Don't hurt these men. Here, take my virgin daughters. That's not exactly a great exchange. That doesn't speak very highly of his moral character. You can see, though, that he's not as gone as the men of the city that were chasing other men, but he's also not right. If you're staying there, if you stay in the mess, if you stay in the middle of contaminated places, you're bound to be contaminated. If I have a bottle of water there and I drop something in it, it doesn't matter that the water is 99% clean. If there's something at the bottom of it, I don't want to drink it. I'll give you a quick story. And if you're going to be grossed out, you might skip this part because as a mom, I once drunk after my two-year-old. I would not recommend that to anybody. I just don't. When he was two, though, I was really thirsty. It's the only thing I saw there. And at first, I thought the water was all clear. So I just took a big gulp. But at the end of that gulp, this is where you may want to pause it or skip. I had to chew. And when I had to chew, I was disgusted. I could not believe that I was chewing something in his water. And I never drunk after him again. But it also taught me something about contamination. I don't want something that's a little bit contaminated inside of me. Why? Because if it's a little bit contaminated, it should be labeled the whole thing as contaminated. It was, for me, dirty water. Why? Because there was a little something in it. The Bible says it like this, that a little leaven leaveneth the whole lump. You have to be separate. And Lot could not master that. Lot could not separate from Sodom and Gomorrah. He couldn't do it when he was captured. He couldn't do it when there was war. And he couldn't do it just because there was sin. He could leave Ur, family, friends, loved ones, one time. But now, in the midst of all of these things that are happening in this city, he cannot leave and he cannot pray. Lot lived so little a life in front of the people of Sodom and Gomorrah and his family that even his own family could not hear him when he was trying to tell them to go. Lot couldn't pray for himself, but God knew the righteousness of Abraham. He came to Abraham to talk about his family. Today, I pray that one, if you're not right with God, you get right with God. It's bigger than you. It's bigger than just what you need, what you want. There could very well be somebody depending on your ability to stand before God one day. And if you are right with God, I would tell you, cry out. Cry out for the city. Cry out for the people. Cry out for your family. Cry out for your loved ones. Cry out. Your voice has leadway with God. He cares about what you're saying. He knows who you are and he cares about what's touching you. So I need you today to believe that God wants to hear your voice on behalf of somebody else. I believe that prayer reaches every single situation. Join the movement. Join the community. Like, share, and subscribe to this podcast. 
Visit us at PrestaPray.com or find us on Instagram or Facebook. Did you know that when you are quiet, your voice is missing to God's ears? I know some of us have prayed and we're wondering, how long should I pray about this? Why should I pray if God already knows? How will I know God is answering? And what do I do when I feel like God's not listening? But God is listening for your voice. It's too quiet in this world for the troubles we have. You have to raise your voice and God wants to hear from you. It's Too Quiet, a book about prayer, is designed to answer your prayer questions and build your faith. Visit PressToPray.com.